And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and happy Friday, everyone. It is Friday morning, and I wanted to get this pot underway because the Rams, the Cowboys, are in the NFC Divisional matchup on Saturday. Saturday night, prime time, right around 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 8 o'clock Eastern, and all that good stuff. And it's going to be in L.A. Uh, The Cowboys will now face NFC West teams back-to-back weeks, and back-to-back weeks on prime time fashion. So, having said that, uh, um, before we get into this game, just to note, I mean, the Cowboys beat the Seahawks, who I thought the Seahawks would actually... Um, get the win at Dallas, but uh, the Cowboys beat them 24 to 22 in what I, I might consider one of the greatest like backdoor covers in like the longest time. Uh, the spread for that game was uh, Cowboys two and a half, uh, Seahawks backdoor covered with uh, a couple of two point conversions and a couple of uh, other weird things that game. And so for the odds makers, that was really uh, one of the more interesting backdoor covers. In recent memory, for me at least. So, um, just one thing to note about that. And another thing to note about that game is, you know, the Seahawks, they were the top-ranked rushing team. They averaged about, you know, nearly 160 rushing yards per game. And what happens on Saturday night against the Cowboys? They they rushed for 73 yards. The Cowboys did an excellent job of containing the run game, which is notable because the Seahawks, they did not run the ball well but they continued to run the ball on first down, second down, with not really much success. And uh, it put Russell Wilson and this offense in uh, some really tough situations on third down. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's for another chapter of discussion. But I felt that the Seahawks had plenty of opportunities to really open that game wide open. Russell Wilson on play-action opportunities. Uh, he had a couple of really nice throws, whether it was to Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett. I mean, there were opportunities, but it just felt that um, for Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll, um, he stuck to his plan. It didn't really change at halftime going into the second half. And, um, you know, I'm sure Seahawks fans and NFL fans alike will agree that um, they just... They, they might have shot themselves on the foot on the play management. Just uh, a little too little, too late, as the Cowboys did come away with that 24-22 victory. Uh, so for Seahawks, it was a great season. I appreciate how they made that second half push to make the playoffs and the wild card. There were a lot of expectations that were... For sure, they were exceeded. I mean, a lot of people thought that they were in a rebuild mode with this roster, but um, especially when we have Russell Wilson, especially when you have a revamped offensive line, uh, the return of a very strong run game. I mean, you know, maybe they'll be ready next time around come 2020 when uh, playoffs are around the corner. So before I get back into the matchup at hand on Saturday between the Cowboys and the Rams. Uh, There is one other underlying news update within the NFC West division. For those that do keep track, the Arizona Cardinals have a new head coach. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a new head coach. The Buccaneers hired former 
Cardinals head coach Bruce Arians as their new head coach for the 2019 season. And conversely, the Cardinals have, and when you really think about it, the Rams have Sean McVay, who's like 32, 33 years old. Um, the Niners have Kyle Shanahan, who's right around 37-ish. And so another young signal caller enters the NFC West. I present to you the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. It is going to be uh, former college football Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And he is, let me let me double check. Yeah, he's 39 years old. And so you have three young signal callers in the NFC West. And you have that sage so arguably, I think he is the oldest head coach in Pete Carroll. So it makes the interesting, uh, an interesting develop within the division. Um, Cliff Kingsbury plays a total air raid offense, highly successful offense in regards to scoring points in college. Um, how he transitions that into the pros remains to be seen. Um, I know that some people compared his offense to Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan but they are completely different offenses. Uh, for one, Sean McVay, I mean, he loves the 11 personnel, uh, putting the quarterback under center with one tight end, three receivers, one running back. Compare that to Kingsbury's offense, which is shotgun, four receivers. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It is respective offenses. And so, yeah, the one commonality is they're young, they have innovative offenses in their own rights, but how they do it, how they put it all together, that remains to be seen. So uh, I'll be I'll be extremely intrigued with the transition with Kingsbury from Texas Tech to the pros, just because you know the last couple of seasons with Kingsbury in college, uh, yeah, he didn't win a whole lot of games. You can make an argument that he didn't get the necessary recruitment of talent. And so that reflects on the win-loss column. But he has coached some very notable quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, starting with Johnny Menzel, even though he's out the league. I mean, he was a top 10 pick. Uh, You have, for a brief span of time, Baker Mayfield. And more notably, you know, this year's, arguably, this year's MVP in uh, Patrick Mahomes. And so Kingsbury has coached all three of those quarterbacks. And so, yeah, he definitely knows how to coach quarterbacks. And he will get an opportunity with Josh Rosen. So uh, after the playoffs and after this is all said and done, I will go ahead and you know talk a little bit more about you know offseason stuff. But obviously I have to give credits to what's going on within the NFC West. Okay. Saturday night, 5 o'clock, you have the Rams favored by 7 points. Over under 49, 49 and a half. And so when I look at this game in particular, I mean, you know, the biggest thing that really stands out for what the Cowboys did in their victory over the Seahawks is, yeah, they can, uh, their front seven, whether it's linebacker Lynn Vanderish, Jalen Smith, I mean, these guys, this front seven, this linebacking corps, they get to the football. They don't allow that many yards after contact. And you saw that against Seattle. Seattle is one of the top rushing teams. And they compromised the line of scrimmage on the trenches uh, on that game last week. And so uh, what makes this very interesting is the X factor, which is Todd Gurley. 
Now, Todd Gurley is an excellent runbacker, both as a runner and as a receiver, but he has missed the last couple of weeks because of a knee injury. Um, he, la- he missed the last two weeks of the season in the regular season, and he hasn't really had a full workload since December 2nd. So it's been more than a month since we've seen like the full Todd Gurley. And, you know, Todd Gurley right now, he's off the injury report. He's slated to play. They haven't said anything otherwise. But, you know, what if his knee does, what if it does act up again? What if he is not 100%? Um, this really sets precedent for the rest of this offense, just because I know that the Rams are one of the most play-action-heavy offenses in the league. And the reason why Jared Goff is able to throw downfield and get his receivers, whether it's Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods, is because he has such a notable threat in the running game in Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, not only is he a great runner, but they use him off play action as well as a receiver in the flats and and whatnot. And so if Todd Gurley is not the Todd Gurley that we know, the Todd Gurley that we've seen uh, this regular season, the Todd Gurley that's gotten 20-something touchdowns, both as a receiver and as a running back, then yeah, this makes the Cowboys' defensive assignment a lot easier, a lot more dynamic. And that is troublesome when you consider that Jared Goff, uh, the first 11 weeks of the season, he absolutely killed the NFL. He was right up there with Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes for MVP um, because he had clean pockets. Uh, Todd Gurley was healthy. The offense was running on full cylinders, and you saw that in Jared Goff. But the last couple weeks, I mean, Todd Gurley has been hurt. He has been playing 100%. And notably, Jared Goff looked mortal. He actually looked more than mortal. He looked less than mortal in weeks 14 and 15 when the Rams played the Bears and the Eagles. And so let's just say Todd Gurley isn't 110%. That means more pressure goes on to Jared Goff. And last year... The Falcons, you guys remember that game? Yeah, the Falcons in the wild card, high-flying offense, but Jared Goff and that offense only scored 10 points against the Falcons at home, and they were upsetted. So, I mean, coming full circle, you're going to see Jared Goff in a very similar situation at home. And if Gurley is not, um, if he's not 110%, if the pressure comes on Jared Goff, will he be there ready for the moment? Conversely, you saw that Dak Prescott, a lot of pressure that came up front with him with the Seattle game. And he made a lot of, I mean, to my surprise, actually, he made a lot of clutch clutch throws, a lot of timely runs. Specifically, I remember two plays that really stood out and kind of the reason why the Cowboys were able to hold on to that lead. There was a very red zone situation. Uh, he found his rookie receiver, Michael Gallup, and they've been trying to do this all season, but he, he did a fade route to Michael Gallup in the end zone. Perfect, perfect pass over the shoulder catch to Gallup for the touchdown. That was a notable play against the Seahawks. And then later on, I believe it was right around two minutes or so uh, in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys third and 14 in the red zone. He escapes the pocket. He runs and he picks up the first down to get first and goal. Clutch performances across the board for Dak Prescott, and I haven't really seen that from him in years past. And so Prescott has shown he can perform under pressure. Can Jared Goff do it at his home turf? Jared Goff 
versus Dak Prescott. Under pressure because both teams are going to bring the pressure to each respectable quarterback. Talking about pressure, though. This Dallas Cowboys offensive line, last couple years, they've been known as, like, you know, the cream of the crop in regards to pass protection, run blocking. You have Zach Martin, you have Travis Frederick, you have Tyron Smith. But this year's offensive line, it has been compromised. Send to Travis Frederick, he is out. The interior of that offensive line, it's going to be Joe Looney. He's going to take over at center, and he's, I mean, he's been playing the last couple games, but for the most part, he's a journeyman player. And they're going to put Connor Williams at left guard. He's a rookie. He's been okay, but, you know, he is still a rookie. And so, I mean, the interior of this offensive line is not what it has been in years past. And here's the best part about that. The Rams rush really well from the interior. You have Aaron Donald. You have Ndamda Su, You have Michael Brockers. I mean, yeah, they have the pieces to really dominate at the line of scrimmage. They have the pieces to really compromise Dak Prescott. May I remind you, Aaron Donald, MVP, once again, he will probably win Defensive Player of the Year in back-to-back seasons because, you know what, as an interior lineman, as a defensive tackle, he has 20 and a half sacks for the season. That is insane. And so, yeah, he's going to be well-rested and ready to go. And if this Cowboys line cannot hold up, and I expect them to, I mean, it's going to be arguably their most difficult matchup of the season because they have not played uh, a defensive talent like Aaron Donald before. And so uh, if they can get to Dak Prescott up the middle, I will be very intrigued to see if Dak Prescott can run away from these guys this time around. I mean, they did it against Seattle, uh, but will they be able to get away from this interior pass rush that the Rams provide? And let's just say that they do provide that interior pass rush. Dak Prescott does choose to run. Will the linebackers, will these Rams linebackers, they're young. You have Akubam, you have Littleton. I mean, will these guys be ready to play discipline of football, get into their running lanes, and make those tackles? So, I mean, just a couple things to consider. And the, the biggest commonality between these factors within the game is, you know, I'm not even talking about the intermediate to deep passes. I'm talking about what is up front within the first five to ten yards at the line of scrimmage because it's going to be it's going to be really important it's uh it always comes down to the trenches i could divulge a little bit more about you know cowboys receiver amari cooper or the rams receivers in brandon cooks robert woods but you know uh, i think that these three factors the talk early knee injury the uh, quarterback pressure between jared goff and Dak prescott how they respond to it the interior trenches between the Rams defensive line and the Cowboys offensive line on those interior spots. I think those are the important points when you look into this game on Saturday night. And so right now, let's let's go back to the board. Uh, the Cowboys, they are seven point underdogs. Okay, so Rams minus seven under over 49 and a half. I feel it's still going to be an over, but I think that the first half is going to be a little bit rough, a little bit chippy. I think that both teams are going to be looking to establish the run early um, just because, yeah, I mean, they have two, arguably the two best running backs in the league in Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, Rams, Todd Gurley. And so, yeah, you're going to see a lot of running early on 
It's going to set precedent for the second half when they use play action. Both teams are going to use play action. Both teams are going to try to expose uh, the secondaries. But all in all, I mean, Jerry Goff and the Rams, they are the number one team to use play action. And you saw already, even though the Seahawks didn't use it as much as they should have, but Russell Wilson had a lot of success last week. And so I'm pretty sure that Sean McVay took that into account and will, once again, I mean, he doesn't really have to change his game plan too much because he does it anyways, but uh, Jerry Goff to Cooks, Jerry Goff to Woods, I mean, there should be some opportunities. And if Jerry Goff is the Jerry Goff that we saw in the first 11 weeks of the season, this should not be a problem but it is the playoffs so it remains to be seen what version of Jerry Goff we're going to see come postseason time so go ahead and you know when I put this all into consideration give me the Cowboys 27 the Rams 31 I think it's going to start off slow early on you might see like a 10 to 14 game the first half but once uh once the uh, the nerves, uh, once that gets settled out and you see the run games established, then yeah, Sean McVay is going to develop some big play action passes, and I hope that Jared Goff and this offense is ready for the moment. They weren't ready last year, but I think they they will be ready this season. So give me the Cowboys twenty seven, the Rams thirty one. It's an over game, and the Rams will not cover, but they will come out with the victory. All right, so once again, thanks for checking out the pod. Holla at me, Instagram, at JustTheWest. Twitter, at JustTheWest, and my blog, www.justthewest.com. I hope to continue to cover the NFC West as the Rams are the lone team that is alive in the playoffs. And, you know, they are Super Bowl contenders. I thought that the Seahawks would still be in the mix as well, but they lost to the Cowboys. And here we are for this final matchup. Well, I won't say final matchup, but the lone matchup in the NFC West. So Cowboys versus Rams. Guys, I hope that you check out the game. It's going to be lit. Uh, and continue to check out my blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.